Welcome to MPOD, a podcast produced by graduate students and staff at the Senator George J. Mitchell Institute for Global Peace, Security, and Justice, and Queen's University Belfast in Northern Ireland. My name is Elizabeth Cherish, and I am a master's student in the Mitchell Institute and a student producer here at MPOD. In today's episode, we will be talking about the experiences of the Mitchell Institute for those who are visually impaired. We'll first hear from Adam Houlihan, the student producer of this episode, who is a master's student studying conflict transformation and social justice in the Mitchell Institute. These are important issues, but they're not always easy to talk about, and we recognize that they might be sensitive for some listeners. We'd like to remind all listeners that Queen's Wellbeing Services offers drop-in service every weekday during term time between 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. You can also contact the Wellbeing Service on 028-909-72893 or by email on studentwellbeing at qb.ac.uk. I'd now like to welcome the student producer for this episode, Adam Houlihan. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Um, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Give us a little background. My name is Adam Houlihan. I'm 28 years old. I'm a master's student. I'm studying conflict transformation and social and social justice at Queen's University Belfast's Senator George J. Mitchell Institute, and I'm visually impaired. Fantastic. So, Adam, thank you so much for joining us today on MPOD. And can you start us off by telling a little bit about your overall experiences here at Queen's? Um, Okay, so there's no very easy way, there's no kind of um, direct and nutshell way of putting this. I mean, I'd, I'd say there have been ups and downs. I mean, some things have been very um, good, very supportive, very accessible, and some things haven't. And I think the things that haven't have been due to, due to um, a lack of understanding and a lack of communication rather than a, rather than kind of a, a, a disinterest, as it were. And what exactly do you mean by that? Um, for example, I mean, um, so a lot, a lot of tutors using um, material in lectures which isn't always appropriate for vision impaired students, like um, like slides, etc. Um, sometimes there was a delay. Um, that, well, last term I should there was a delay in um, module coordinators. Um, being made aware that there was a visually impaired student on the course, so the material needed to be um, provided in a more accessible format. Mm. And as well, my concern really, my main concern is that uh, chasing these issues up, if they're not kind of um, taken care of before the student um, starts at university enrolling on a course. I mean, uh, a master's is a full-time commitment, it's a very demanding course, it's a bit like having a job really. Mm. And my main issue is that... um, the students may, well, I can speak from my experience, becomes kind of uh, overloaded with, um, you know, kind of administrative disability, accessibility issues, and, you know, has less time and energy to be able to concentrate, you know, concentrate on, on the course, which is why, which is why the students here in the first place, mm-hmm. you know, I feel that, um, I feel personally that a, a lot of these issues um, should be kind of more in place before a student before a student with a visual impairment starts um, at university, 
um, to make the transition smoother and to allow the student you know, maximum time to be able to concentrate with, um, on the studies. That's great. And can you talk a little bit about social experiences here as well, outside of the lectures? Um, okay, so I can talk a little bit about social experiences. Um, I've formed some friendships through the course, and you know, some people I've met um, through the course. We've gone, we've gone out maybe um, for a coffee or whatever after the lecture or for a bite to eat. Um, I mean, again, it's, um, I think, um, an issue which can arise is mm -hmm. kind of um, getting to social, social events outside the course because um, university support doesn't uh, provide anything for that. Mm. Although it's very, although I would argue it's very important, it's a very important life skill to be able to network and to be able to make uh, connections. Um, students' kind of support plans don't fund anything like that, anything that's um, kind of strictly beyond the means of the course. I mean, uh, I've, had, I've actually had to kind of, um, well, not uh, be outright dishonest in the past, but I have had I have had to um, stress, kind of overemphasize how important it was to go to um, a talk. There are lots of talks at the Mitchell Institute, but because of the nature of um, the university and student support, because they're not compulsory, they're not an integral part of the course. Um, student support won't fund that. Hmm. So, um, so for, so for that reason, uh, you know, it can be made very difficult for visual impaired students to access talks um, and stuff. So, I mean, uh, one time I had to kind of emphasize, I had to say kind of uh, that it was very important for my dissertation to to attend this talk, which, um, okay, there's a little, there is um, a little bit of, uh, on, my, um, on my part, it was, um, yes, I, it wasn't exactly um, true, it wasn't 100% true, however, you know, I felt it, uh, was the only way that I would get around um, the situation, and you know, if, I say, if I say that you know it is important for my dissertation, you know um, they can't really argue with that. So yeah, yeah, most definitely. And can you talk a little bit more about what exactly the support is that you're currently receiving? Okay, so I receive campus assistance, which is um, assistance from getting from A to B on campus, Queens campus. And I receive library assistance, so I receive someone someone who can go to the go to the library and um, scan titles that I need um, that I need, and they can email email them to me. Hmm. Uh, and has that been helpful? It it has. However, I have you know I have criticisms with the library. I have disagreements with um, the library and the way the library operates. And the library's policy, you know, the student always has to be there. The student always has to be present, while the library assistant goes to the library um, to collect books um, for the student. And my argument is that if the student, um, if the student, um, you know, can't see, that fully depends on the library assistant. But there, but there is kind of a fifth wheel. Really. Because they're just mm -hmm. sending the library assistant um, off, and you know the student—that's ta taking time out of the student's day. The student's got to get support to get to the library and to get back. Mm. Yeah, you know, which um, you know, is something that the library assistant could do logistic logistically without um, 
without the student. Um, furthermore, um, you know, I would I would say that um, the library, in terms of um, this, is maybe quite a small complaint. I understand why the library has to be quiet for students to study, <laughs> but sometimes, if you're visually impaired, you need to know what's going on. You need to ask questions sometimes, and it's not very nice to have someone at you going shh when you're just trying to make sense of your surroundings and what you need to do. That's very, very off-putting. Mm. And also, books in the special collection, which students, especially of a master's, might need, you know, can only be read. There's a policy that states they can only be read in the library. Mm. Um, you can't take books them away with you or scan, or scan them all in one chapter without asking permission you know, from the publisher. So mm. I would argue that um, there is a conflict of interest between disability support, disability rights, and the the and the library, the Maclay Library's policy. Mm. And so what kind of advice would you then give to mediate this and to work past this to enhance the student experience for those who are visually impaired to lecturers, to the Maclay, and to fellow students? I think for lecturers and for uh, the library, for example, I think always be prepared for a little more flexibility. Mm -hmm. Always be prepared for situations in which uh, you can be, in which uh, you may have to be more flexible in order for students to access what they need. I mean, if you institutionalize yourself with rules and regulations, yes, I understand we need rules and regulations. However, if you use it as a mantra, if you institutionalize yourself as an institution, as, a, as an organization, and are bound, bind yourself by such rules, you, um, you know, that, that's not functional because, um, Exceptions are, you know, circumstances which can't be envisaged are always going to arise. And that um, disarms you with the tools which you need to mm -hmm. be able to cope with such situations. And what can your fellow students do as well? To enhance the experience for those who are visually impaired, what can students who may not be visually impaired do? I think a good thing is probably just to be friendly, be yourself, don't, um, don't have a fear of talking to somebody, who, somebody who's visually impaired. Mm. Um, although, you know, it's a master, so I'm kind of taking it for granted that most people are educated enough to realise that anyway. Mm. Uh, but, you know, be friendly, be polite, be yourself. Always kind of introduce yourself, um, especially in the first few weeks. Um, introduce yourself maybe when you're kind of making a contribution in class, as well, say, you know, say, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's Elizabeth here, I'd just like to make <laughs> a point, which can be a hard habit to get into, but it, it would make the visual impaired person kind of more used to different voices, and it makes distinguishing people by voice kind of a lot, a lot easier. Mm. And so how was that for you when you first started? Uh, confusing, mm -hmm. because, um, there are a lot of people, I mean, I would go by voices and accents and stuff, and there are a lot of people who sounded very similar. Mm. And in a class of 40, it's uh, quite <laughs> A little hard. bit more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and what kind of advice would you then give to another visually impaired person interested in attending Queen's or who's already at Queen's from your experiences here? Right. Okay, be prepared for some, well, bumbling, <laughs> some difficulties. Um, you know, be prepared.
prepared for, be prepared sometimes when you're asking things, or when you're complaining about something, or when you're making a point, be prepared for um, the kind of um, excuse of, we're understaffed, we're short-staffed, there's not enough uh, hours. So be prepared to be be prepared to be persistent. Otherwise, um, otherwise, if you if you go if you go away, you will be a problem which has gone away. Hmm. And so, what has helped you with being persistent, or what has motivated you when there has been this bumbling? Um, not wanting to be in any way degraded, really. Hmm. Not wanting to be in any way degraded, or to have to miss out because of. Um, because of a lack of knowledge or because of a lack of competence. Hmm. And what does that you know, mean? I have paid you know, quite a handsome sum of money and I have worked um, to, get, to get to this university, so I deserve hmm. the best experience possible. And I think that's very important to bear in mind. You have, um, for any visually impaired student, you have worked hard to get, to get here. You've got here on your own merit. So you deserve the very best that the university can provide. Very much so. I completely agree with that. And thank you so much for sharing. We want to hear a little bit about your next steps with all the incredible work that you've done here. Maybe if you want to talk a little bit about the work that you've done here, because we know it at MPOD. Um, But for our listeners, if you want to talk a little bit about what you're involved with in Belfast and then what you plan to do in your next adventures. Okay, so... um... I was practicing as a teacher of English as a foreign language before this, uh, before the MA, before the Masters. I have applied for a journalism job at the BBC here in Belfast, um, a traineeship. Mm. Um, if I if I am successful, uh, I will hear later this month. If I'm successful, I will embark on that. And if I'm not successful, I will go back to my old job of teaching English as a foreign language because two years ago when I passed my teaching qualification. I didn't have the same opportunities to go abroad and teach, um, to live in a different country and experience that and teach. However, due to circumstances, now I have those opportunities. So I feel that um, I owe that to myself as well. Very much so. And do you have any last thoughts, comments, or takeaways that you want to share with us here at MPOD? Okay, so... so the final thoughts really are, you know, I'm doing this, um, I'm doing this interview, um, but I'm hoping that um, this interview will be used to do some good. I'm hoping it will be used to make some change. And I'm hoping that um, the people who, whom I'm directing this towards, so administration, the university, lecturers, students, will listen to this interview. Uh, because, um, you know, it's all very well doing an interview like I am now, but um, if it's not going to change anything for the greater good, then, um, you know, we, uh, well, then there's very little kind of um, point in, in doing the interview, so I do, feel, I do feel that it needs to be, um, and the other podcasts for the Empire need to be uh, show, shown to people, need to be um, kind of... Uh, People need to be aware of MPOD um, so that they can uh, listen to it because it is, uh, it's very it's great work, it's very commendable work, it's very important work, but if it's not targeted towards the right people, mm-hmm. it's not going to have an impact. 
Well, thank you so much, Adam. We really appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you so much to Adam Houlihan and to all of our listeners for joining us for this episode of MPOD. Our student producer was Adam Houlihan, and our sound technician and editor is Stephen Mullen. Our original music is by Emily Cherish, and our logo was designed by Sarah McMahon. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at at QUMBMPOD. MPOD is a production of the Senator George J. Mitchell Institute for Global Peace, Security, and Justice at Queen's University, Belfast. Once again, I'm Elizabeth Cherish. Thanks for listening.